Hello once again, everyone. Welcome back to Garage Game Day Sports. I'm your host as always, Louis Longoria. We've got a good one for you today. We are offering up our college football playoff national championship game predictions between number one, Alabama, and number three, Ohio State. <clears throat> and before we jump into our predictions, if you are a fan of the show, please click subscribe on our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow our brand new podcast here on Spotify. That's Garage Game Day Sports for all three. Uh, we'd like you to join us for all your sports talk. <clears throat> now going into the game. It's a battle of the last two undefeated teams in the country. Who's going to be the last team standing? It's number one, Alabama, number three, Ohio State. For all the college football marbles, let's go. Number one, Alabama, <clears throat> coming in at 12-0 on the season. Won the SEC championship game. Blew out Notre Dame in their college football playoff semifinal. Top-ranked team in the country. A wire-to-wire number one ranking throughout the year. <clears throat> Taking on number three, Ohio State. Big Ten champions, 7-0. Had setback after setback with COVID. You know, uh, teams that they were supposed to play had COVID issues, so their season got shortened. So they only played seven games, but looked good in most of them. A Big Ten championship, and they went bombs away on Clemson in the college football playoff semifinal. Justin Fields throwing six touchdowns on the Tigers, leading the Buckeyes to the national championship game. Let's go ahead and start with Ohio State. <clears throat> Let's start in the backfield. Quarterback Justin Fields, as predicted by many to be the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft behind only Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, lit up Clemson's defense for six touchdowns. Um, he has had some inconsistencies throughout the year. Um, struggled against Indiana. Struggled against Northwestern. Northwestern has one of the premier defenses in the country. Um, <clears throat> chemistry and limited practice may have had you know something to do with their, their struggles early in the season. Some of their inconsistencies. But they look to right the ship against Clemson. They sure look good in that game. Field, six touchdowns, only one pick. Airing it out, making good decisions with the football. So I think they are playing their best ball recently, going back to the Northwestern game, of course, figuring them out after a half, making adjustments, and weathering the storm of that, uh, of that solid defense of the Wildcats. <clears throat> then you got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, your outside threats at receiver. They helped to provide that vertical threat that Alabama's had problems with all season long. Now, I know you've probably heard this before. Alabama struggles with vertical threats. You know, they gave up 40-plus points to both Florida and Ole Miss in those games. Um, <clears throat> you had two 100-yard receivers in each of those games that Alabama allowed. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both offer that big play, home run hitting threat that Ohio State needs, you know, if they want to get on the board early, get some momentum and jump out to a quick 7-0 lead or 14-7 lead later in the first quarter, you know, if if we see some early first quarter fireworks. <clears throat> but another player I want to keep an eye on is Ohio State tight end Jeremy Ruckert. He's been a red zone threat for the Buckeyes, you know, seen somewhat limited action. He's played in five games this year, but has scored five touchdowns and did have two touchdowns in the semifinal win over Clemson. So I can see Ohio State taking some big shots down the field, moving the ball, moving the chains, 
And when they get into the red zone, look for Rucker to make the most of his opportunities. I think he may hit Pater once or twice in this game as well. <clears throat> then also at running back, you got Trey Sermon, who's been balling out. This guy is the real deal. He's rushed for over 520 yards in his last two games. Put up 330 against Northwestern and, 100, and another 190 on the ground against Clemson. And has hit Pater three times. Him and to an extent Master Teague <clears throat> can help the time of possession battle. They can help Ohio State swing it in their favor. They can keep the ball out of Alabama's hands, I think. You know, you definitely want to limit the number of possessions Alabama has with all, all those weapons on offense that they've got. You want to keep the ball away from them as long as you possibly can and try and work on that on that defensive line in front seven of Alabama's. You can kind of spread things out, set up the play action, and that way Fields can really get to work in the second half on those on those deep balls. Um I've got Sean Wade and Seven Banks. They lead Ohio State secondary. Now I know Ohio State at times has looked really bad at secondary. They ranked dead last in yards. <clears throat> They've been giving up the big plays recently, or actually throughout the season. But they do play man-to-man fairly well. You know, passes deflected, interceptions, when things come their way, they do make they do make plays. So they're definitely going to want to limit the big playability of Devontae Smith, you know, Heisman Trophy winner for Alabama. And possibly Jalen Waddle. We still don't know his status for this game. As of this recording, he was still a game-time decision. He's been out with that ankle injury since mid-October. We figured we're, we're not going to know anything until at, at earliest weekend's end. You know, I don't think Alabama would disclose whether he plays or whether he's for sure out. They're just going to hold that information, I think. <clears throat> but that's another key matchup to watch and another uh, activity, uh, some activity to watch if, if Jalen Waddle's clear to play in this game. Uh, let's flip over to Alabama now. So much offense on the tide. So many weapons. You've got Mac Jones, Heisman Trophy finalist, airs the ball out but takes very good care of the ball. He's only thrown four interceptions in the year. You know, when you hear quarterbacks that that don't throw a lot of interceptions or, or don't turn the ball over a lot. It's because they're game managers. You know, they don't they don't throw the ball that often. You kind of rely on your running game to do most of the dirty work for you. Mac Jones has been throwing it, man. Over 4,000 yards. <clears throat> you know, it helps when you have a, a Heisman Trophy winner at wide receiver and another, you know, potential candidate had he been healthy the whole season in Jalen Waddle. And it certainly doesn't hurt having Najee Harris in your backfield. 24 rushing touchdowns on the year. 24. <laughs> so it's just who do you cover? There are so many there are so many big playmakers on this tight offense. <clears throat> it's impossible to cover everybody. You of course who are you going to double? If you double somebody, you're leaving you're leaving you know the front gate open and someone else is going to blow you up for a big play. So Ohio State is going to have a heck of a job trying to contain these guys. And relying on that defense, they, they've got to put pressure on Mac Jones. You've got to somewhat limit Najee Harris and kind of make that make that offense one-dimensional. Uh, I think Dylan Moses and Christian Harris are going to be are going to be uh, key factors in this game. They do eat up a lot of tackles for Alabama. Uh, they led the team in that category. Uh, Alabama does have a young front seven. 
uh, Will Anderson Jr. and Christian Barrymore <clears throat> are part of a quartet that have at least four and a half sacks. So they do have a defensive line and a unit that knows how to get after the quarterback. And with all with all quarterbacks, this is this is the case. But especially with J- with Justin Fields, when you pressure him, he makes mistakes. His accuracy and decision making plummets when you get after him and you make him uncomfortable in the pocket or on the run. Alabama needs to do that. They've got a lot of talented linebackers and that defensive line. I think they can get after Fields, force him into some mistakes. You know, he was able <clears throat> after that that first quarter, they gave up an early touchdown to Clemson. They were pretty much on cruise control and they had control that whole game. Alabama wants to right out of the jump make Fields uncomfortable try and force a turnover somewhere of course my matchup to watch isn't going to be what everybody thinks I know I know you're going to want to look at Devontae Smith who's going to end up covering him or trying to cover him but I've got the Ohio State running backs against the Alabama linebackers and we just touched up on on some of this but Trey Sermon and Master Teague whatever whatever touches Teague ends up getting which I'm sure he'll he'll have some some uh, carries in this game and touches. So he'll see the field, no doubt. But <clears throat> both of them are going to have to play excellent games for Ohio State to win, it, to win this game. Not just on the ground, but also chip blocking, picking up against the Blitz, helping against that front seven of Alabama. <clears throat> and also the, their running will help set up play action later on. I think Ohio State is a really good second quarter team, second, good, second quarter football team. And I think if you get Sermon and Teague going, Fields can take shots down the field. He can make the big plays. And I think Ohio State, you know, even if they fall behind a little bit, can make up for it in the play-action game. Alabama's linebackers, <clears throat> they're tackling machines. You know, they can they can clog up that lane, clog up the run game of Ohio State. You know, like I said before, they need to get to Fields. His accuracy suffers when you, when you pressure him and make him uncomfortable. And I think Alabama can do that while helping their secondary at the same time because we know that secondary and Ohio State's uh, in Alabama's defense, Ohio State's secondary also vulnerable to the big plays. But I know we've been kind of touching up more on the tides um, <clears throat> inaccuracies in that secondary, giving up big plays to big quarterbacks. You know, in that, Alab- in that Florida and Ole Miss, each of those games, you had quarterbacks throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and you had 200-yard receivers in each of those games. And yards per catch were up in near 15, 20 yards per catch. So Ohio State can definitely do some damage there. So Alabama's going to have to really get after fields and limit that run game, pressure him into making mistakes. In my opinion, I think Alabama just has too many weapons on offense. Mac Jones protects the ball. Justin Fields, I think, is going to get his in this game. He's still going to have multiple touchdowns. You know, might even have a touchdown on the ground or something like that. He'll rack up the yards on that Alabama secondary to keep it close. I think the Tide will win a close turnover battle. I think they'll force one more turnover than than Ohio State does. Their ability to extend drives. Also, Alabama's a very good third down team. They convert near 60% of their third downs. So I think they'll perform well on third down, be able to extend drives, tire out that Ohio State defense, 
And as much as I'd love to pick the Buckeyes in this game, I, I've just still got to take Alabama in a close game. I'm, I'm going to go Alabama 38, Ohio State 34. In somewhat of a shootout, the defenses will show up in this game too and, and make some plays. So I, I look for a very entertaining and very interesting game come Monday night. Well, that is my prediction for the National Championship game, folks. Appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, <clears throat> find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Spotify. Garage Game Day Sports is the name across all three platforms. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you all next time.